Good evening and welcome to another edition of 48 Shades of Football, everyone's favourite English language Korean football podcast. Although I guess tonight is actually technically 49 Shades of Football because we've got Korea versus Laos on in the background, which is being held in Vientiane, the capital of Laos. Is that, is that the capital? Yep. See, so it's not just a football podcast, but obviously also a geography podcast as well? Yep. As you can no doubt hear, I'm joined by my erstwhile uh, fellow podcast host, Mark. He's in fine form today. Uh, yeah, I think last night's soju is still is still uh, pumping through my head. I think. Um, but also, joined Paul, I see you've you've brought another guest uh, to the podcast this week. Well, when I asked you what we we're going to be talking about last week, you said me and Ma. So I went ahead and brought my mum along to chat with us. So you brought your your Ma. My Ma, yeah. Your Ma. So tonight is me and Ma and you. Brilliant. <laughs> That's a very lousy pun, isn't it? <laughs> so, Jamaica come? She came of her own accord. <laughs> Although we did have to wait for you while you finished work. <laughs> we did indeed, we did indeed. <laughs> we'll shoot we'll on that joke in every single week until, until someone tells us to stop, yeah? Don't you think we can make a career of this? <laughs> oh, God, I want to go home. I'm, you, I'm actually sitting here thinking of uh, countries, but anyway, we, we should probably rush in our head and, yeah. and get on with the podcast, yeah? So Mark, just a final country pun. Can you tell me what the intro music was all about this week? The intro music was uh, Madonna's uh, Get Into The Groove, uh, because we will be appearing once again in Groove Magazine. Doing, twice uh, again, actually. Twice again, yeah. Oh. Sorry, Kisan Young has just doubled the score for, for Korea. Um, it's his second goal of the night. Yep, and some really excited Korean guy just stuck the finger up everyone in the, in the, in the stadium, <laughs> saying it was two goals. Yeah, um, it's the second of the night. Uh, the first one was a penalty. I guess we should have started with that. But yeah, you, you don't look. They're, they're not Koreans. Um, I think they're Laos-based Koreans. You think so? Yeah. That's a pretty sweet strike, actually. So yeah. Pretty bad goalkeeping. Oh, I mean, it is Laos. Yeah, so Kisong Yong with a, a strike from, from the edge of the box makes it 2 0. The last time they played it was 8 0. 8 0. He's saying the goal, he's not Laos and he's lousy. Oh, I'm saying he's something, yeah. But anyway, back to, anyway, to the intro music. Can, uh, you, can you tell me what the intro music was about uh, or not? Yes, I can. Um, it was Madonna get into the groove uh, because, as I said, we'll be appearing in Groove magazine again over the next two months with our uh, take on this year's K-League. So if anyone's interested in reading as well as listening to us, uh, they'll be on the shelves of all top top uh, news agents from middle of December. That's the top news agent, not the top shelf. <laughs> it should be said. Do you, so, think, do you think the editor of Groove's German as well? He cut our joke out about Jews, didn't he? Well, he's... German, he contacted you first. Just just before we uh, get started on the the main nuts and bolts of the podcast, I think you did mention yes. I brought my mum along today. She should say hi. Good evening. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to me. I hope. As probably our biggest fan. Mm, definitely, yeah. <laughs> Only fan. 
Because when your mum starts having a dig pot, that's it. Do you know what I mean? It's like the close up shop. Did you see last week that my dad was accusing me of diving? This week she said. Oh, 3 0. Keith Sonia with a hat trick. Question not that was on, sorry. 3 0, Sonia Min. That's two goals in a minute. Bit strange that they went for such a full strength team as like Son and Key. Terrible goalkeeping again, yeah? Lousy, absolutely lousy. But we should probably stop these country jokes. I mean, they're getting to be a bit of a spin in the arse. But anyway, yes, as, as, our, as our biggest listener, um, there's going to be a quiz later on. Uh, but we're going to ask you questions from the first 30 podcasts. Okay, um, don't, please. <laughs> if, you, if you get all the answers correct, uh, I guess Paul, they're allowed to visit again. Uh, if she gets 110% of answers correct, yes. <laughs> okay. I can see I shan't need to be saving up for a ticket. <laughs> That's about enough banter for the moment. Uh, should we get on with the the stuff that the listeners have actually come for? Yep. What the, the listeners are actually here? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I, 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 so. I don't actually have to bother editing this then. <laughs> She's sitting right next to you, yeah. So it's a bit of a dearth of football in, in Korea this week, wasn't there? We had the one national team game, plus a couple of games, a handful of games in the challenge. Yeah. Uh, where well, should we start? Uh, yeah, I guess start with the Korean national team, I guess. I guess go over the the Myanmar game. Did you watch it, Paul? I watched it with... No, I didn't, actually. <laughs> I, uh, wa- I watched the second half. I watched... Um, 80 of the 90 minutes I missed the first 10 minutes they were never in, in any danger uh, he started Wang Yi Zhou uh, up front who w- got a penalty that was then duly missed by Jang Hyung Soo yep the Guangzhou RNF player yep um, they, I, I think the biggest cheer of the night was not for any of the four goals but was actually when he brought on Son uh, and all the little girls in the in the well, the little girls and the little guys in the in the crowd went crazy. Yeah. Um, he didn't really do much apart from be really greedy. But I guess he... I was surprised he even played because I know that he's been injured. You know, that with Spurs. I don't think he's played in a couple of weeks, but he he brought him on with maybe 10 minutes left or so. And he's, he's I guess he started tonight's game because he, he just scored, yeah? Yeah. How did Huang Yijo do? Um, I mean, he, he played okay. He probably should have got on the end of... There was one cross that came in. I think it was um, Jidong Wan, I'm not really sure. Or maybe Jason, who like swung the ball in and he probably should have got on the end of it. He kind of got his toe under it and skied it like 10 yards over the bar. Uh, which is kind of exactly what you see him doing at Tanchon almost every single week. But, um, yeah, I mean, he played okay. He, he didn't really excel, but he he probably... Did enough to kind of merit another start. Did he have? Uh, didn't have too many chances then. Not really, no. Did he get brought off at some point? I assume. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was taken off in the second half, I think. But I mean, it was. I mean, it was Myanmar. Um, so I guess, I guess that's why they started him. A little bit surprising that they didn't start him tonight. But yeah, four 0 Never in any danger. Could have been eight 0 Should probably have been eight 0 But yeah. It was two 0 scored the third and fourth in the last ten minutes, didn't yeah, they? So. Yeah. I mean, there was never any... De- they, I mean, Myanmar never looked like getting near scoring, do you know what I mean? But I think it was just like... I, I think ex- expectations were raised after yeah. the Laos game the yeah. last time out, right, where they won 8-0, so... But yeah, I mean, a 4-0 victory over Myanmar. 
you know, I, I don't think it was, I don't think it, you know, like it, it, it exactly set any any kind of headlines, but. So their, their fifth match, five wins, no goals conceded, comfortably into round two. This is a better performance than the one, or a better score than the Myanmar game, I guess at least, you know what I mean? I mean, like four and a half times, kind of respectable. So obviously, Myanmar and Laos have played each other twice during this World Cup qualifying group already. What were the results, Mark? Uh, the first time they played was in Laos, and it finished two each. Uh, then the second time they played, uh, Myanmar were the home team, so to speak. But obviously, due to the political, the dubious political situation, uh, they have to play their home games uh, in Bangkok, which obviously is well known for being completely stable in terms of <laughs> political situations. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a strange one. Anyway, uh, when they were away at home, so to speak, they uh, beat Laos 3-1. So Myanmar presumably slightly stronger than Laos. Therefore, a 4-0 win against Myanmar and an 8-0 win against Laos doesn't seem unreasonable uh, yeah alright I think that's about enough about the Myanmar game should we move on to the other game which was held last midweek which was Sangju against Suwon it was indeed I think we said in last week's podcast that Suwon needed to win this plus the other two games to have any chance of winning the title yep and if Sangju lost this it would probably prevent them from winning the title based on the fact that that would, well, would give the initiative to Tegu, basically. Yeah. And what happened? Uh, Sangju lost it and Suwon won it. So therefore, Sangju have now been relegated and Suwon have won the title, presumably. Uh, something like that, Paul, yeah. <laughs> it finished 5-2 to Suwon. Uh, I guess, like, strange enough, like, Sangju took the lead twice. 1-0 uh, and 2-1, but I guess like, a pretty fantastic second half by Suwon. Um, so that... Put Suwon or moved them to within. They would have been within three points of Sangju and four points of Tegu coming into the weekend's matches. But of course, Sangju only had one game left, whereas yep. both Suwon and Tegu had two. Yep. Uh, Suwon were away to Buchan. I know that because I was there, as we discussed last week in the podcast, before you, you realised that you were babysitting. <laughs> and that was the last game of the weekend, wasn't it? So they knew what they had to do. Yep. And should we go on and talk about that? Yeah, yeah, me, me as well. I guess the main question is, did they do it? They knew they needed to win. Did they win? Uh, they, they didn't. They didn't even come close. Uh, it was a pretty ridiculous game, actually. Um, uh, it, it finished nothing each. Uh, Butchon pounded Suwon for the first maybe 10, 15 minutes. Probably should have um, scored a couple. Uh, again, for some strange reason, the Butcher manager started with Lukian and Almir. Well, not strange that Almir was on the bench, but strange that Lukian was on the bench. He brought him on in the second half, um, and he kind of did look lively again. Uh, Rodrigo was okay, but didn't really shine too much. I, I was really interested to watch Sisi. Yeah. The Spanish um, guy. The, the Spanish guy. Like, I definitely think if he played in a good team, he would be a great player. He he, he can't shoot at all. His shooting was woeful. He had, he had like maybe three or four shots in the second half, and they blazed each one like high, wide, and handsome. But definitely, like he can he can pick a pass, and he, he was chasing back all the time, and he knows exactly where to be in the pitch. Good potential replacement for Osma when he buggers off to China. Uh, well, he's a defensive midfielder, so yeah. 
he could be seen as being a replacement. I think he he definitely strolled through or strolled along the pitch. I mean, and he did have a bit of quality that nobody else in the pitch had. The the highlight of the whole match was the halftime entertainment. It wasn't quite Bambino or Hello Venus, but it was a, a spin cycle dance uh, team. Um, three girls, four guys, um, and they danced on spin cycles, which is, I guess, what a spin cycle dance team does. Um, so on top of a washing machine on a spin cycle. Yeah, it was really, it was really weird. It was a really strange thing, but they, they were, they, they got on and they ended it. They, they finalised it all. Or they finished it, sorry, by doing uh, one of those pyramids where they, they lift up one of the girls and put her on top while standing on two bikes. It was kind of pretty impressive. Did, but did, that, did we not see that at Eland though? They had three, three bikes behind, next to the, the substitutes bench where Ryan Johnson spent a lot of time. Well, I thought that was the groupies that were following the team. Yeah, yeah, that, that's where Ryan Johnson spends most of his time cycling. I thought he was just trying to keep the stadium lights on by. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Like, I mean, Butchon, I mean, to their credit, like, Butchon do pull these things out. The heart at times, you know, that like we had a low Venus first game, we had Bambino like, midway through the season, we had this spin cycle stuff, we've had like, a few other things that, that they've seemed to have pulled out the heart. What, what was the crowd like? 1500, 1519 to be precise. But Which is basically bang on average for the challenge as a whole yeah. over the course of the year. Yeah. I reckon. I mean, it was a pretty cold night. Uh, I guess on paper, it should have been a great game, or a good game at least. I mean, Sue won. Having just beaten Sanju 5-2, you know, knew that by winning, you know, that they could maybe still keep some faint hopes of winning the title. They had to win both their remaining games by about six or seven goals each. Yeah, but, but I mean, that's not uncommon to put six or seven by put on. Um, so, but they were poor. They didn't, yeah, they were a poor team. So I've got two more questions about this game for you. Okay. Of course, last time we all went to Puchon, we were recognised as the host of the podcast. Did anyone recognise you this time? Just a security guard who searched me twice and didn't want to let me in. And did, did you win a, a, a coupon for a, a... Stevie won a coupon last time, didn't he, for something? Yeah, Stevie won a coupon for a, a water park, which he then gave to his daughter as a birthday present. <laughs> you can take the man out of Scotland. Um, I didn't check at half time. I was I didn't check if I'd won anything. To be honest, you can take the man out of Scotland, but you can't take the thirty six thousand one out of the man. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I'll be taking out of him in Scotland when I'm home for Christmas. Um, yeah, like uh, there was only two other foreigners that I saw in the stadium, and they looked very uncomfortable and didn't look like they did a club of football. So, so no potential host for the podcast. So no potential host for the podcast. Yeah. The other question I want to and ask was... I think was, they were twins as well, or the very least brothers. They had the same haircut. <laughs> the, the other question I wanted to ask was... Uh, that, that was two questions. A, did you get recognised, and B, did you win? B was a follow-on question from A. Oh, OK, OK. Uh, good friend of the podcast, Almir, who we had a, who we had a drink in proximity to an ET one on Halloween. Yes. Did, did he make the pitch this, this, this match? He made the pitch, but but not as a player. Yeah, just, just for the the after the after the game bowels. Yeah, I think he ran on once to get the ball back to one of the other players. Uh, it was obvious that he he wasn't going to play. He was wearing white boots. Um, had he been 
training or warming up in pink boots, uh, I reckon he would probably have come on. What was quite strange was after the game, I don't know why, but Butchon cordoned off half the half the exits, and they cordoned off the pitch as well. I don't know if they were expecting because it was the last game. Maybe they were expecting some kind of pitch invasion or something. But all the exits were closed as well. And for some reason, they put a cordon around the bottom of the ramp, which leads to the subway station. So you couldn't actually get to the subway station without going away around the other end of the stadium and coming back. So I, I led a revolt of me and five Ajishis who took down the, the, the security tape and ran it to the subway station. I was quite proud of that. So, so all these videos I've seen on Facebook this week, which pr pr proclaimed to be of protesting going on, was actually you and five adjusters. It was, it was me and five adjusters, yeah, yeah, and, I was, and it was a water cannon coming into the into the uh, rear of the picture, yeah, yeah, because I had no idea why. I wasn't walking over in a stadium. I had soju to go and drink. Um, so I just pulled up the tape, and the sirens went, "Hey!" cheered, and the five, well, me and five of them, like ran across the police car <laughs> and then at the subway station. At which point you pretend you didn't speak any Korean at all and say... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> which is actually not that far from the truth to be perfectly honest. I don't speak any Korean. So that failure to win means that Suwon relinquished any hopes of winning the title. Yep, it's over now. They now hold a two-point lead over Elan going into the last game. Uh, I guess there are two teams still in, a, still in with the hope of automatic promotion. Well, Sangju have played all their games. Uh, their last game was at home to the police uh, in the 1 3 0. So that leaves them um, top of the league, uh, one point over Daegu, who contrived to draw with Chungju. That was a pretty poor result, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a terrible result for them. But they, they do know they're going to their final game if they win. If Daegu win, they win the league. Yeah. If they draw, it will come down to they'll lose the league well, they'll be second because if you don't get a, well if they draw it will come down to goal difference no they, they've got the same goal difference so if if, if they're going to draw they need to draw something like 15 all to, to get promoted which is probably not going to happen if, if, if they manage to draw 15 all then we're going to smell Singaporean betting fix aren't we so if they draw will it will come down to head to head between the teams I think it goes on goal scored. Goal scored? Yeah. So they'd have to basically get 11. Yeah, so 11 all draw. 11 all draw. Well, 12 all to beat. Yeah, 12 all beat them, yeah. So if they get a 12 all draw, are we going to have a, a special a special podcast on match fixing? and? Yep, which we could have at the same time as a referee fixing, a referee ranting. No, we can talk about referees tonight. Okay, sweet. No, not much to talk about tonight, as I say. Definitely got time for it. Sounds good, sounds good. Uh, the other games uh, in the league were Gyeongnam uh, at home to Goyang, game that no one attended probably. It was nothing each as well. Uh, and Anyang at home to Gangwon. I was in two minds, probably going to see Anyang or Buchan. But Anyang was a 2pm kickoff and Buchan was a 4. So that kind of made up my two minds into one pretty easily. Needed those extra two hours to get rid of Saturday's hangover, did you? No, 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 I was out with, I, I, I with my, my beloved on Saturday in Gangnam, drinking 8% uh, Russian Baltica. So yeah, I needed those extra two hours to get rid of my hangover. But I wish I had went to, to the Anyang game, at least I'd have seen a couple of goals. Scored by? Uh, Anyang's goal was scored by uh, Kim Sungmin, the guy who scored the first ever goal uh, to be scored uh, at Jamshil Stadium. 
first ever goal to be scored at Championship. Against Eland? Oh. <laughs> not ever, ever. Well, not ever, ever, back not. In, back in 1988, before he was presumably even born. Yeah, I mean, there was goals scored then as well, yeah. But in terms of Eland, in terms of Low Park, uh, he was a guy who, who, who equalised for uh, Anyang. And um, the goals for Gangwon were scored by podcast favourite Henan, who you've heard us talking about many a time. I can't say I have, to be honest. Well, it's because you don't listen to the podcast. <laughs> I'm probably the only person that's listened to every minute of every podcast. Well, that and your mum. <laughs> we asked your mum who Henan was. She'd have been like, oh, that's that guy, yeah. yeah. Last time he scored was in episode 32. Qu- question one in the quiz Who is Henan? <laughs> He's Brazilian. Yes. How, how many, what can you tell us about Kangwon's Brazilians? Um, they're all pretty good, pretty decent. Who are they? Jonathan Beluso, or yes. Yep. Henan and. Um, the third one is the name escapes me. <laughs> Gil. Gil. I think, I think his name is Gil or something like that, but we call him Gil. Gil. Ah, cool. So see, someone does listen. Or at the very least, read soccer at the same time as us. <laughs> which is pretty much what we do, do you know what I mean? Right, so I guess that's the challenge covered. Yep. We'll, we'll talk about the exciting... <coughs> Climax of the season when we do the previews, no doubt. Yeah, because the final games are this weekend, yeah? For everyone except Sang- Sangju. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> why, why is that disappointing? Not Sangju, the. I was watching the football in the background. The match in the background. Wasn't paying attention. You better start paying attention because we're coming on to the section where we interview you now. Okay. So, when we uh, get a special guest on, a special guest presenter on, we like to interview them about something that's pertinent to their football ex- experience. Okay. Uh, we thought long and hard about this. We had many a drink over the past week while meeting to discuss what we're going to ask you. And we came up with, what do we come up with, Mark? Um. What's the difference between, or how would you compare English football and Korean football from a female perspective? What an amazing <laughs> interview question. You'd never have thought that's what they come up with, yeah? Very original. <laughs> uh, I would say that. Oh dear, what's this? One of the women is about to embarrass us all. The lady has foolishly attempted to join the conversation with a wild and dangerous opinion of her own. What half-baked drivel. See how the men look at her with utter contempt. Women, know your limits. For, well, the few matches that I've seen, I suppose I've seen half a dozen or so in Korea. I suppose we should, yeah, it's I suppose we could go into a bit of background about your experience of football in the UK okay. and in Korea. So, back in England, you, you started watching football as a... Teenager. Supporting. Uh, originally, I used to watch Bristol City because that was my closest team. And then I changed allegiance. I thought you were going to say you changed Leeds. Then what? You changed allegiance. Yeah. Um, to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and yeah, so I've been going on, on and off for the last 
40 years, I suppose. Proud season ticket holder at Hillsborough. I certainly am, yes, yeah. At the moment, not last season, but the, yes, this season and pre uh, previously, yes, season ticket holder. Um, and you experienced a footballing career? I've seen, I think I've seen one international and umpteen FC Seoul games, home and away. Plus your first ever K-League game. Which was? Ulsan versus oh, right, yes. Puchon with the gold, SK. But with the, the green, blue hair. Byung-ji oh, oh, Byung yes. in goal back in 99 or 2000. Yeah, around, yeah, around about then, yes. Yeah. When he was still... Thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You also went to um, Suwon this yes, year. Yes, been to Suwon. Yes. To, to, yeah. to watch Suwon Brisbane Roar. Yeah. I've seen. Uh, I've seen FC Seoul play in Australia. We went there. And Japan. And Japan. Yes, yeah, Sendai. Um, yes. Yeah, so yes, yeah, been. Yeah, so actually, I've seen more um, Seoul games than I, I thought I had. But I would say, generally speaking, that it's more family friendly in Korea. Than, than in the UK. There's still quite a lot of unpleasantness. Um, and even when uh, Sheffield Wednesday are actually maybe one of the... Pikeier clubs? <laughs> no, better, better clubs, uh, more good-humoured clubs then. But there's still an element of unpleasantness and vitriol uh, between certain... And even amongst supporters on the same side mm. um, but obviously, obviously in the last few years you've been taking Alex and Emily mm -hmm. to game we were your grandchildren to games yes and obviously you took well you maybe you've been with to games with me and my brother back in the 80s and 90s oh yes or you've seen us off to games yeah. at least mm -hmm. yes would you think there's been have you, have you ever had any doubts about taking Alex and Emily to games in the last couple of years uh no, I, there are certain games I wouldn't have taken them to. It's like your family or the family went to uh, see Millwall and I wouldn't have taken them there. Is there any occasion? That's an unpleasant any, atmosphere. Any occasion in the, when I was young when you thought you were worried about us going off to games? Yeah, I was worried. Not specific teams, I could say, but yes, you do feel... A certain amount of apprehension because you you just didn't know what was going mm -hmm. to kick off at any time. It took I think it's I took my mother about maybe yeah a good three years of supporting Celtic uh, before she let me go to my first mm -hmm. Celtic Rangers mm -hmm. game. Mm. Um, and amazingly, my first Celtic Rangers game was actually at Ibrox. Okay. As opposed um, to yes, Celtic so Park, Celtic, yes, which was really strange. Yes. I don't know why that, yeah. that was the first one I was allowed to actually go to. Uh, but yeah, like it was pretty. Uh, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure how the atmosphere, you know, has. I mean, obviously, like, there's no such thing as Rangers anymore, as I, <laughs> as I like to, to keep saying. Yes. But yeah, definitely, like, the atmosphere, um, you know, back then, was pretty hmm. tense, it, pretty like pretty ridiculous. But the, uh, but the facilities as well, I think, are much better mm. here. Uh, more family oriented, although the catering. At both in the UK and here, <laughs> leaves leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. But then I suppose that's not going to be the highlight of the day. But, but surely if you it, compare, like, FC Soulsgram, which was built in 2000, 2001, to mm -hmm. somewhere like, I don't know, Pride Park or Bolton's, whatever it's called MK nowadays. Dons. MK Dons. MK Dons. The new stadiums must be of a similar standard, surely. 
Yes, from the, the, the point of view, if, if you can actually, of, of seeing, but still the catering is, is still rubbish wherever you go. Yeah. But I guess it caters for the demography. Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. But, Here. but in terms of basic facilities, like um, comfort, bathrooms, etc., obviously the newer stadiums are, are much, much better. Yeah. But I, I, it's like when I've taken Emily, I, I wouldn't dream of letting her go to the bathroom by herself at Hillsborough, but she goes here at Souls Stadium by herself. It's more spacious. It's it's just a different different makeup of the crowd. You get far yeah. far more families here than yeah. you do at most of the matches I've been to in the UK. It's still a male preserve. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. Okay, some grounds I think they do have family stands or family uh, enclosures, but I've not been to one of those for a long time. I think I, th I think here definitely. Right. I mean, I think. In general, in in Korea, it's like obviously safer anyway. But I, yes. I think yeah, definitely yeah, here. Right. You know, I, I believe I do think they kind of cater for for like families a lot more than yes. than I remember. I mean, I, I haven't been to a game in Scotland in um, eight years, um, sorry nine years. But I mean, I used to have a have a have a season ticket at Celtic Park, and uh, it was very rare that you saw families that you saw. You know, fathers bringing their son. Yes. But you never really N got the family, no. the family thing that, that you get here. Where, and uh, the, what I've actually been amazed at here is that they, back in the UK, <coughs> it was always like fathers taking their son or fathers taking like, their son and daughter or something. But here, it's it's not uncommon to see a mother take her two kids. Mm -hmm. The father's not there. It's no. actually like the mother yes. who's like, taking the kids because the father's working. And the mum, you know, and the mother gets tickets or whatever, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's quite a common thing in in, in Korea. Yeah. That, that oh. where you see, you know, like mothers taking their kids to games and stuff. Um, and I think it is definitely, you know, that, like it is that kind of more family friendly, family oriented, family safe environment. Um, does that have an impact on the atmosphere? Do you think? Of course it does. Yeah. It has to. I mean, it has to. I mean, it's like you can always tell. They, whenever uh, they, for example, when they used to listen or watch Scotland, uh, Scotland and um, international games, uh, you would always know when the local schools had given away free tickets because oh, you would hear the, the kids the, the, the screaming. Much yeah. Higher, yes. yeah, and I, and I think it will impact on the on the atmosphere here uh, in in Korea as well. I think it has to. Um, but better that sort of atmosphere than no atmosphere at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, they, uh, at Butchon on on Sunday, uh, there was a whole whack of kids. There were so many kids there, and they had given out those. I don't know what they're called, like thunder sticks or whatever. Oh, they're called. the uh, concertina. Yeah. Paper card. No, the inflatable ones. Oh, okay. And they were just like oh, hitting okay. them constantly, right. and it was kind of it was a little bit annoying, but. Mm. It was still better than yes. than what would have been sitting in complete silence watching a nothing each game. Do you know what I mean? In the freezing cold. So yeah, I mean it was a lot. I mean it was still better than than sitting in the silence. I mean we did go for for years in the eighties, I suppose, with not actually going because of the unpleasantness and um, possibility of, of 
crowd violence. Yeah. Just the fact Wednesday was shite. <laughs> well, no. As um, opposed to now. And then you as opposed to in the 90s when they were good. And we well, then, oh, okay. then you started going with your father, um, and then followed by your brother and your father. And then I... I think I started going again in the early 90s. Glory hunter. <laughs> yes, when, when we were quite good. <laughs> but, um, and, and that was much nicer. And I do think, actually, it was still a nicer atmosphere in the Premiership than it is now in the Championship. Um, I don't know why. There just seemed to be an element that have no interest in the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's the thing. I think football in the UK is kind of becoming... That way, I think there are a lot of these like self-styled ultra groups, modern themselves, or you know, like San Pauli and Turkish fans and stuff like that, mm. thinking it's you know like flares and hanging opposition team banners upside down, and ugh, it's just like pathetic. Yes, I think that's a good word. But that's why it, it amuses me here in Korea when people complain about Tanatos, right? Because they're basically a, a bunch of kids, aren't they? They're, yeah, but they're not hard hard in any way, shape, or form. So. When people complain about them being sort of over the top or whatever they say. But do you think that, I mean, the majority of football fans, the, the majority of these singing ultra group fans in, in, in Korea are all university kids? Yeah. Like, like they are all 2021. 20, I mean, like they're all really mm. young. Um, and I, you don't get that impression that any of them are particularly crazy, tough, you know, like violent ultras. They, you know, they may you know, like, kind of have banners like no pyro, no party, and, you know, like the Incheon banners of, like, I can't remember what it is, they have a really offensive banner about die or something like that. Uh, but you don't really get the impression that they actually are particularly um, aggressive mm. or tough. Mm. I mean, until some, I mean, obviously, sometimes, like, things spill over and stuff like that, but... Like, like Incheon? Yeah. I mean, Incheon are, are probably the exception in the fact that they are particularly just unpleasant people. I mean, Incheon are probably the Millwall of Korea. Yeah. But take them to the UK and they'd be probably be sort of... Pussy cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I've been hit on the back of the head by uh, someone from our own crowd throwing mm. a coin yeah. and had to go to first day to get it yeah. um, seen to, which you wouldn't... What did you do? <laughs> I was just sitting there. I mean, that's the thing. I, mean, I guess that's the thing about here. You wouldn't expect that from your own yeah. supporters. I mean, obviously it wasn't targeted at me, but I happen to be the unfortunate. I mean, the, the coin throwing thing in the UK is pretty disgraceful. I mean, it's like still really bad. Yeah. I mean, I still. What a waste of money. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I still hear about it and read about oh, yeah, it in so the papers. It does still happen now. I mean, this is, like, I don't know, ten years or probably fifteen years ago now. But yeah. Um, I mean, but like, I mean, the worst thing was having to, cause blood streaming down, having to be led along the side of the pitch and all these drunken men <laughs> making very sexist rude yeah, comments, yeah. you know, um, which was not really what you want. I mean, that's another thing with, with bad language, isn't it? It matches you. It's, it's an environment and you ex expect it, and you accept it because that was happening long before females, ladies, whatever, started yeah. going to matches. But what I don't like is if it's actually addressed to an individual. 5-0. Son again. Two for key, two for son. I mean, you've got to say this, you finished 8-0 again, shouldn't it really? 25 minutes to score another three goals. Yeah, I mean it should really be, I mean. He doesn't look happy. 
half the goals were his fault. So. <laughs> I think that was the only goal that wasn't the goalkeeper's fault, yeah? And even then, that's probably his fault. Yeah. You probably should have got a hand to that, right? He had his post covered, but it still went in, so... Yeah, near post, yeah, that's always a goalkeeper's fault. I mean, I would say, you, you mentioned earlier the, about the fact that in Korea, you see lots of mums with their kids at matches. <laughs> I, I feel I should say that my mum's taken to me a few matches over the years. Can't remember any good ones, but... <laughs> I'm mostly nil-nil draws, I think. No, mostly Wednesday oh, loss. Well, Wednesday losing, yes, to... Um, what, what, what were low league teams then but would be there's on an time equal you now the time you took me to Oxford and we lost 1-0 when Oxford were okay. two, two divisions below yeah. us maybe mm, yes. there's a time you took me to Swindon mm -hmm. and Wednesday went 2-0 ahead and then conceded three goals in the last ten oh, minutes yes. that was Stephen McLean scored McLean, McLean scored twice yeah contrived to lose have you got anything else important to say about Korean football or uh, no just that I think it's it's just much more family friendly than than in the UK, um, and I have no hesitation in yeah, taking the children there. That's because you've not seen a match standing next well, to Mark. But <laughs> and also, when you don't when you don't understand the language, you don't know what's going on around yeah. you. Whereas I can understand all the well, I suppose depending on where you are in the UK, usually I can understand. That's an interesting point. I took, uh, I, took, I, I took my girlfriend to, I didn't realise that she liked Suwon and I took her to um, Seoul Suwon. We had, we had just started uh, dating, just, I had no idea what the guys were saying, but she was getting more and more upset and more and more annoyed as the game was going on by this one guy behind who was basically singing and shouting about you know, taking chickens and ripping their heads off, and you know, and blah blah blah, and like, she was getting that like like more and more upset. She started off laughing, and then as the game was going on, she was like, "Okay, get a grip." It was kind of getting like they sort of worse and worse. And the same thing happened. Like, you maybe heard us on the podcast talking about Butchon, mm -hmm, yes, who are pretty like mm -hmm. they they just love their swearing, um, and yeah. Like same thing. I mean, like she could hear everything that, that that they were saying. So I mean, I think it does. I guess it does happen sometimes, but I don't think it's anywhere near the same as it is. Like you know, like back in the UK, where it's like every every second word from every second person is like, like our podcast. Is that is the good podcast? Yeah. Oh yeah, I noticed it's been toned down a lot this week. Oh yes, week. yes. <laughs> Next week we're just going to start off by swearing. We've got a lot of pent up frustration for next week, won't we? <laughs> Right, so obviously the next part of tonight's podcast is the Mr. and Mrs. game. Last week we asked Dad four questions. He gave his answers and what he thought your answers would be. And okay. we're going to repeat those. Okay. Just before we get into that, I'll ask you a question that we did ask him last week, but which is not part of the official game. Uh, where would you, how would you compare Korean K-League football in relation to English football? What, what sort of standard is it? Uh... I would say it's more. I, I, f I find a lot of the players quite skillful individually, but not necessarily the actual play is maybe a little bit naive sometimes, unless I'm just used to watching people clogging and <laughs> so on. Um, I don't know because a lot of the time the the crowd you think it's exciting because the crowd get quite excited yeah. 
But if you actually take it down to its nuts and bolts, it's probably fairly ordinary. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of leaping up and down and side to side and activity from from all the uh, spectate yeah spectators. Like these two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Who are, yes. Who are having the time of their life. <laughs> Even but though it's <laughs> match is currently suspended for an injury. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've we've commented on the podcast a number of times about that. How about how the the the, the atmosphere in the crowd doesn't wax and wane according to players just right yeah more choreographed mm-hmm. yes yeah so yeah, definitely I mean I, I think that's one of the biggest one of the biggest issues I have with uh, football is you know is like uh, in the FA Cup final Inchon scoring the equalising goal and the soul fans continually or continuing to chant the same song that they were chanting yeah. mm-hmm. and you're like no, I mean like you're, you're, you're in danger of losing. Yeah, here, do you know what I mean? Supposed to yeah. stop, regroup, mm. and then build up the intensity yeah. and say, like lead the players on, aren't you? So. Yeah, but but just keep singing. Oh, well, we we were singing anyway, so we'll keep going. Oh, we're gonna beat two 0 now. Well, let's just keep going. I mean, there's when when it was two 0 it's all in the super match. Yeah. The two one fans were singing out of defiance. That's different. Yeah, I think that's completely different. I think if you're singing in defiance because you're losing. Uh, that's one thing, but I think if you just continue to sing when your team concedes a goal, it's kind of just awful. Basically, yeah, I can't yeah. think of another word for it. And the the whole uh, chatting a player's name when they miss a when they miss a sitter, I, I will never, I will never come round. <laughs> well, encouraging that. rather than berating. Yeah, I, okay. I just I just can't well, get that. I just can't get my head. Yeah, I just <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I, I just can't get that in my head. Oh, yes. like. Well, mm. Should I adopt that tactic on the podcast? And stop chanting your name every time you say something not interesting. Or... Well, it doesn't happen very often. How do they react when? Sorry, this is going off the point. But how do they react when? Although we do it all the time. <laughs> you <laughs> That's have fine. a player, say someone who used to play for Seoul, who now plays for someone else. Are they applauded? Are they jeered? Ah. Or, or does it vary depending on the circumstances under which they left? Or okay, so the individual. I think that's a good question, uh, and I think I'll answer by using Hong Chou uh, as a as an example. So Hong Hong Chou used to play for Songnam, and he moved from Songnam to Suwon. Uh, and when he moved to Suwon, he made some pretty derogatory comments about about Songnam. Okay. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "I'm proud to be here at a team where the uniforms uh, are not made of really thin material." Uh, where you feel like there's actually someone in the stadium supporting you okay. and, and where you can hear the fans sing right. uh, as opposed to Songnam, right? Mm-hmm. But where you can't win silverware for six years yeah. in a row. Okay. And so Suwon is also, Songnam really hates Suwon as well. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, like a, a kind, of, kind of like a rivalry, I guess. Um, so the Songnam fans responded by every time we play Suwon, they hang his old Songnam shirt upside down. Okay. Uh, and like that's kind of like... As an insult. As an insult, yeah. So okay. that his shirt, that his number is upside down, like number 10 or whatever it is, like Hong Chou, upside down, yeah. But, interestingly, um, this year, uh, Songnam put uh, a temporary stand behind the goals. So the fans are now right on the pitch. And at full time, when Suwon came to Songnam, at, at full time Hong Chou at, at, at the end of the game finished nothing each he walked all the way from the halfway line 
to to the Songnam fans, the ones who normally berate him and hang this mm-hmm. top, he walked all the way over uh, and bowed at them and then okay. clapped him. And the Songnam fans responded by clapping him back. Okay. Um, so I don't know if something happened in a previous game this season. I don't know if, he, if he's come out and said something online. I don't know if there's been an interview where he's apologised. I'm unsure. Maybe he was but, misrepresented. Yeah, so I don't know what's happened, but for some reason, this time, they seem to be like, OK, we will like, accept you like, as an ex-player. Mm-hmm. And what was quite funny is... Which is my, the norm, right? Normally, once players leave and they come back to the original club, at the end of the match, they always come over and bow and you give them a yeah. cheer. And, yeah, mm-hmm. but the, the way that, that Hong Cho had left... Uh, there was no way of him doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. that he had left, and he, whether he said these things or not, they, it was basically perceived as being a complete slur on the club. Right. And it's taken three years for for the fans to kind of get over it and for them to allow him to come over and bow um, and be applauded. Uh, other players I can think of, that like Yunbit Garam, no one cares. He wasn't very good at, at, at mm-hmm. Songnam anyway. He's pretty good at Jeju. Um, but yeah, no one really cares about him. So players like, yeah, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it really. I think you're generally welcomed mm-hmm. for the and most part. And people accept that if somebody gets a better deal, then yeah, they move. Yeah, I on. think so. Yeah, uh, I think it depends on how you how you leave, how you move club, uh, and I think some people move club respectfully. Mm-hmm. Yes, Hong Chao yeah. was completely disrespectful. Right, should we move on to Mr. and Mrs.? We should do, yep. Okay, question one. Which mm. so we asked all these we asked there were four questions I think we asked to to Dad last week. Mm. Question one was Where did you meet? Give as much detail as you can. Where? While remembering this is a, a family friendly <laughs> podcast. Okay. Um at a railway station in Bristol on the way to a football match. A football match between... between Bristol City and Oxford United, in which Ron Atkinson was playing, and Bristol City won 2-0. That's pretty much exactly what he said. <laughs> and he, he, asked me, he, asked me the way, no, he asked me to the way to the ground. Um, I was with my friends, a mixed group of friends, and he asked me the way to the ground, and I said, well, you can just follow us, so he did. And That's more information. Okay. I think it's, he gave pretty much the same answer, except yeah. when we asked him the score, he couldn't remember. He couldn't remember the score. But he said he probably would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't remember the score, yeah. Okay, no, it was 2 0. Would you like to hear what he said? I met Barbara on a train from Western Supermare to Bristol en route to see Bristol City versus Oxford United and a player close to our hearts now, or manager close to our hearts, Ron Atkinson, was playing for Oxford United. What was the final score? I wasn't interested. I was uh, with Barbara. <laughs> Do you think she'll get this right? Of course she will. Okay. To, to what degree? Well, she she might remember the result because she was a City fan. Question two. We asked him who your favourite player was of all time. Oh, Roland Nielsen. Which is exactly, <laughs> exactly what he said. And he actually... And he made an appearance the other night, uh, he, the other day. He, he didn't quite say it with the same yeah. smile, but... Oh, okay. so, <laughs> Roland. Everybody loved Roland. We then asked him who his, 
his favourite player is. Oh, glory. I so who know. would you say his favourite player his would be? His favourite player? I don't know. <laughs> of all time? Um, well, because he was supporting Wednesday long before I knew him. I'll give you. I'll give you a. I'll, I'll give you a <laughs> okay. hint. Okay. It wasn't Reggie Blinker. No. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll give you another hint. It was someone that's played for Wednesday since you knew him. Since I knew him. Yeah. Oh, in a successful era. I'm not going to give you that much. Of a hint. <laughs> okay. Um. I. I don't know. I would say either David Hurst, John Sheridan. That's who I. I would say one of those two. David Hurst or John Sheridan. Mm. Would you like to hear what he said? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> My favourite player is probably a player that I didn't actually uh, think was very good when he was playing for Tottenham, Newcastle and England, but once he came to Wednesday, by God, he was superb. Chris Waddle. Okay. And what, what will Barbara say? Uh, she'll say uh, Roland Nielsen, without a doubt. You're 100% sure about that? 100%. Oh, I've forgotten Chris Waddle. <laughs> How could I forget Chris Waddle? <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. But he was past his best, really, when he played for Wednesday. Well, he was past did, you not, did you not hear what he just said on the tape? <laughs> right era, wrong player. Yeah, okay, I didn't realise that was his favourite player. So going from Chris Waddle and Roland Nielsen as the best Wednesday players ever, mm -hmm. the third question we asked him was, what was his worst ever Wednesday player and what did he think yours would be? I can picture him and I can't think of his name, the one who he would say would be the rest, the worst one. Well, um, we can't accept that as an answer because <laughs> that could be any. Shall I draw a picture? What, what era did he play in? Uh, I would say the 80s, possibly 90s, Early, no 80s. 80s, okay. Mm. And what position? A forward. 80s forwards it was. Well, I, I can tell you. I can tell you for sure that wasn't the answer he gave. Okay. Worst player. Is it more recent? What, 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 who was your worst ever Wednesday player? My worst ever Wednesday player would have been. <laughs> There's too many to choose from. Yeah, we well, have to choose one. That's the, the point of the game. You can't pass. <laughs> <laughs> you should have given me some time to think about this during the course of the evening. We didn't give him time to think well, about it. Well, I know, but he's more, as I say, football to me is a diversion, not an obsession. So. Just pick a worse player. Go on, anyone. <sighs> Andy Pierce. Uh, he was ag agricultural, I think. Should we listen to what Dad said in his answer? Okay. Well, a couple of hundred come into that <laughs> category, but I think the one I'd probably moan about the most would be uh, Peter Atherton. He was always first name on the team sheet, and according to David Pleat, had good feet, but I could never see him why he was playing the same team as Paolo Di Canio, Benito Carboni. He, he was a potato compared to them. And what, what will Mum say? She might say Peter Atherton. But there again, she could say Andy Booth, whose speed was deceptive. He was a lot slower than he looked. Really? I can think of far worse players. I think he just had um, a thing about him in the same way that he has about new, new, who, new who now. He has a bee in his bonnet about certain individuals and then he can't see anything positive. It's, it's interesting because in his answer about what he thought you'd say, mm -hmm. he thought you might agree with him 
about Peter Atherton. Oh, really? No, no. The last question we asked him was what his all-time favourite Wednesday match or best Wednesday experience was. I would say that would be winning the Rumbelows Cup in uh, 1990, 91. 91. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United, against Manchester United. Okay, before we reveal what he actually said, I'll ask you the same question. What, what was your, what's your all-time favourite Wednesday experience or best Wednesday match? At the Millennium Stadium winning promotion. So the playoff final, playoff final. Cardiff against Hartlepool. Hartlepool. It would have well close run thing between that and winning promotion, definitely against Wickham at Hillsborough. But you're going to plump for Hartlepool? Yes. Is that your final answer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and do you want to hear what he said, you, what he thought your answer would be? Okay. Yeah, final question. Uh, Chris, uh, what would you say was your best footballing experience? Hmm, tricky one. I mean, everyone's quotes a cup final experience, I suppose, because of the highlights of the day and we had the playoff final at uh, Cardiff when we beat Hartlepool 4-2 or the time we thrashed Manchester United 1-0 in the League Cup final at Wembley. But I think, for me, the real highlight, and it won't be the same for Barbara because she wasn't there, was um, when we beat Sheffield United in the Cup semi-final at Wembley. And... Um, I'd flown back from the Caribbean for the match and got there logistically about uh, landed at Gatwick. Barbara's waiting, drove me around the M25, dropped me off at Wembley at about five to three, kick off three o'clock. So yes, um, always beating United, but particularly in that occasion, you know, it was great. Okay, and what do you think would be Barbara's answer? Uh, probably the Oxford United match, because uh, she met me. <laughs> So tying up the finance, I think Dad got three and a half out of four. If we give him a half half point for for the uh, least favourite player. Yep. So uh, yeah, that, that was pretty well done. He obviously he obviously knows you inside out. He knows I guess. me better than I know him. And what what? How many points would you give to Mum today? Uh, two. One for. No, <laughs> three. But but I I knew more detail about the first time we met. That's a fair point. That, that's a fair point. So give an extra half point for that. For remembering the score. Yeah. Uh, and I guess. We'll give a half a point for John Sheridan slash David Hurst because it was the right team, wrong player. Okay. Because she obviously in early onset Alzheimer's and can't remember Chris Waddle ever playing for Wednesday. <laughs> so that's two total. Um, least favourite player. She is blathering on about someone in the 80s, so nothing for that. And. Favourite match? His name I still can't remember. Favourite match, she said, the... Rumble's Cup final. Which was his second favourite match, I think. Okay. Yeah. So we'll give half a point for that. Half a point for that, so thank you. two and a half. Two and a half. So, you've lost. Okay. And in the, in the, in the, in the words of another <laughs> famous UK quiz host, you are the weakest link. <laughs> okay. Look at Roy Walker. Okay. See what you say, see what you say. It's, it's good, but it's not right. <laughs> I was thinking of um, The Apprentice and you've been fired, so. So, we've now been recording for about an hour and 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. Once we cut out all the guff, it's still going to be at least an hour, isn't it? I know what you're going to say next. I know what's coming, Paul. I know what's coming. Referees next week. In lieu of your rant on referees, uh, do you want to give a, a quick two-minute summation of the career Laos game, which is now finished? Yeah, uh, career 1-5-0. Workman-like. Yeah, not, not too great. 
uh, two goals from Key, two goals from San. One goal from, from the Portuguese boy. Sock. He, he's not actually Portuguese, obviously. Uh, Union Sun got his first cap, coming on with about five minutes left. Uh, I mean, good enough, but when you consider the fact that other teams may have beaten Laos, or, you know what I mean, like 8-0, I think Kuwait beat them 9-0 or 8-0, it's not a really a great score by Korea. 5-0 away from home on a really, really, really terrible pitch is not... It's a, it's a good score, but, I mean, I think they set expectations really high, but with that 8-0 victory, I don't think they've realised them with the 5-0 Laos and 4-0 Myanmar. So, Uli out? Uli out. Kim uh, Hapo Min? No, Uli out and... Uh, Che Young Soon? Bo. Young Bo back. <laughs> That's that's worth a whole podcast for itself. <laughs> we discussed this, you know, on the podcast before, about whether or not Uli is a better manager than than Hong or or previous Korean managers. And it's like he's he's winning five games, no goals scored against. It's a pretty good record, but the football's not great. I don't, I don't and his selection policy still strange. And yeah, my biggest bugbear is the fo- football was not good to watch. But football's a results game, right? It is, yeah. And he's a pretty successful coach so far. We're now approaching an hour and a half of recording. It's probably time to get onto this weekend's previews. Yep. Challenge first. Challenge first. I mean, so this is the last game of the challenge. Uh, everything will be decided this weekend. By that, i.e., by that, we'll you mean, by that mean who's going to get automatic pro- promotion and yep. beyond that nothing nothing else yeah um, so <laughs> I guess the big game is Daegu 2 o'clock kickoff on Sunday they host uh, Buchan if they win or as we discussed earlier draw 12 all, then they'll be promoted automatically Sanji will fall into the playoffs if they draw 11 all or get beat they will be in second place and in the playoffs. And they're playing against Puchon, so... They are. Almir holds the whole the fate of Tego in his hands. Yeah, he does, yeah. But probably he'll be too busy to try to get his blonde locks back because his roots were showing quite a bit on uh, Sunday night. I noticed that. I wasn't impressed. <laughs> Has he still got his Halloween dye job in? Yeah, I think so, yeah. He's <laughs> still... <laughs> He's still with some blue face paint on the side of his face that he doesn't know where he got it from. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside joke there, guys. That's, that's so inside that only you and me know what it is. Anyway, um, so we'll, shall we go through the games one at a time anyway, just preview them? Uh, I guess so. So they're all Sunday kickoffs, 2pm. So you can only watch one challenge game this week. Yep, we have Goyang v Chengju. Bottom of the table clash. Yeah. Highly irrelevant. But yep, probably finish 7 4 or nothing each. Nothing each. <laughs> okay. Nothing each. Uh, Ansan Police versus Anyang. Uh, Ansan Police really had a terrible season, to be honest. I mean, they finished second bottom uh, is. Really bad for a team that should 
get reasonably decent players yeah. from other teams. Yeah, they've probably got. A, well, obviously they didn't have the budget, but they have a. If you took the the wages that their players are on and actually paid them, as opposed to doing military service wages, they'd probably be a highly paid squad, wouldn't they? Yeah. Got a couple of cu- couple of Seoul players in there. Probably got a couple of Songnam and other. It's really bad. I mean, like, if any second bottom is terrible. Um, but that's a game that probably Anyang. Uh, yeah, my money's going to be on Anyang to win. Um, you say they finished second bottom, but with a win here and a Kyungnam loss, they could actually finish third bottom. Yeah, I mean they could finish. Yeah. Don't pre- don't be presumptuous. Okay. You'll have eggs on your face next week. You you know what? Assume does yeah. Um, next up, we have Suwon v Gyeongnam. I might go to that game, actually. If I'm not bumbling around trying to find my way back from Jeju. Or Puchon. Or Puchon. <laughs> yeah, or, that. Or, or the pizza place next to your house. Suwon, yeah. <laughs> uh, so 2pm kickoff. Yeah, that, that might not be a bad game. Uh, Suwon v Gyeongnam. After watching Suwon against Puchon on Sunday, I, I'm surprised that they're actually sitting third. Um, they're not. I wasn't particularly impressed, other than by CC. But at home, yeah, I'm going to give them that one. They'll probably win that one. One nil. Have you been to that stadium? I assume it's the Suwon Civil Stadium. Uh, I've, I actually watched them last year when they played in the big part. I haven't actually seen them now that, uh, since they've moved. But I, I did watch them play in the big part last year. Actually against Puchan. During the Sebol Ferry, when no one was, was singing or waving banners, and so all you could hear, literally all you could hear, was Butchon fans cursing and breaking seats. It was incredible. Like you have this like quiet protest or this quiet, you know, like remembrance. Yeah. And all you could literally all you could hear was like cursing and seats getting broken by Butchon fans. It was ridiculous. Uh, Daegu Butchon, we can I talked about? I guess. Daegu on a bit of a bad run of form, aren't they? They've. Draw, they won, drawn yeah. two and lost one of the last three after going on a really good run. So, uh, still going to say that they they know what's ahead of them. They they know what they need to do. Gotta imagine like they can't feel out the last hurdle, can they? From a personal point of view, who would you rather see get promoted out of those two? Digu or Sangju? Yeah. Digu. Digu a football team. Yeah. Sangju and a waste of space in my eyes. I mean, they'll come up, and they'll, go they'll get good down. players, and they'll and then they'll lose them halfway through the season, or like you know like with like four weeks left or whatever, and, and they'll go back down again. Yeah, I, I would rather see Diego come up and maybe try and kind of stay up, and maybe try and also give the people of Diego you know like football to watch as well. Yeah, there's no one goes and watches Sanju. There's no one will ever go and watch Sanju because the players are not their players. Yeah, it's the same as the police. Like there's no one. You don't get any attachment because players are in there for yeah. 18 months and they're out again. Yeah, so I would much rather see Diego come up, much rather. I mean, if you're asking me who I'd rather see out of all the teams, I'd probably rather see Suwon come up, to be honest. I think everyone would have been there, yeah. But I think, if, I think if, if, if Elan come up in their first season, it's not a good thing for the K-League. I think it's like, here's this, you know, another T-ball team who just came in who... They really just bought it over as a promotion for their company, called themselves Eland. Uh, you know, like they've kind of not. I don't think they particularly went about things the correct way. They started off the, this like the year of their formation. 
talking about the fans and stuff, but even when you look at the fans, they're more interested in taking selfies with the players and taking selfies in the stadium than they are about the actual score. I thought we concluded that most Elam fans were more interested in going to watch FC Seoul or Suwon or Songnam when they're at home. They are, yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, if I could choose any of the teams, it would be Suwon, but seeing as it's Daegu or Sangju, I would say Daegu. Okay, the last match in this this division, <coughs> Gangwon versus Eland. If Eland win and Suwon lose, then there's a potential for Eland to leapfrog them into third. But yeah. I mean, they're still going to play each other, aren't they? So. Yeah. So I mean, and I, I, I mean, I guess the only thing there is they're looking at form. Uh, you would say that, yeah. I mean, Eland have been a bit erratic as of Suwon as well, of of late. So I, I would have probably said. Had you asked maybe about three, four weeks ago, I would have said Suwon would have won that game. Or would, or would have won the playoff. Oh, the, okay. Out of Suwon and, and, and Eland. Yeah. Um, but now, yeah, they're, they're, they've been really erratic, both of them recently. So that one could go either way. I mean, I think when Steve was doing his bit about the challenge every week during the first 30 or, 30 or so podcasts when he was here, most of, the time, most of the time I didn't really listen properly. But two things that I do remember is one, one of Elan's bogey teams was Suwon, mm-hmm. got got thrashed a couple of times. Yeah. And two, another of their bogey teams was Kangwon. They got thrashed two or three times, right? Yeah. So there's a potential that Kangwon, uh, Elan could lose this, lose against Suwon in the first round of the playoffs and be done for the season. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think like something that that I did see was that Stevie tweeted uh, like last week, I think it was, to say that. I mean, they, they were going to not win the league. Yeah. They, they, it would be a playoff, probably finishing fourth. Um, and yeah, and he said, you know, that with a squad that they that with the squad that they have, that's a disgrace. And I think you've you've got to say that when you have glory and goals, and you you know that you have Bobby Cullen, uh, Tarabai, Juman Gu, and his scoring from at the beginning of the season, or sorry, in, in in the middle of the season, they really should have really should have been finishing top or second. I think fourth. And if it did go out the playoffs to Suwon, then yeah, you're looking at it as being, that's not a successful first season, to be honest. And just looking at the Golden Boot competition, you got Jonathan in first with 26 goals, Jumingu second with 22. Any hope of Jumingu overhauling Jonathan? Uh, I don't think so. I think we'll see uh, a Brazilian lift that as opposed to a Korean. I mean, but which is strange because, like, I mean, Jim and Gu, of those 22 goals, he scored 19 of them in, like, the first 24 games. He's really been off the ball the last yeah. two, three months, hasn't he? Like, I mean, I think he was, like, 19, 19 goals in 26 games or something like that. And in the last, like, 13, he hasn't scored much. Yeah, he's been really... But, I mean, they saying that Tarabai has been buying them in, uh, which has kind of kept Eland still still in the, in, the, in the top four, yeah? 37, 39 goals between the two of them, so... That's a decent return on, on those two players, yeah? I mean, it would be... I get the point of people saying Eland coming up would be good because you, you'd have a sole derby. It would kind of, like, make the league really interesting. Uh, I'm, but, I'm not sure I... I get that about the Seoul Derby because FC Seoul fans don't really. Well, a lot, most of Elam fans are probably FC Seoul fans anyway. Yeah. So, 
and I'm not sure anyone really takes Elan seriously at the minute. So I also think that they they should spend a couple of seasons down in the challenge. I'm not saying it anymore in two, but they should spend at least two down there. Yeah. They earn their earn their dues. You know what I mean? Like you know, like earn earn the right to come up, not just buy the right to come up. You'd have to assume they'd be favourites to get promoted next year if they don't make it this year. But yeah. I guess we'll talk about that if and when. And I guess it depends on who they keep. Right, so that's the challenge <coughs> previewed. Get your bets on. Yep. Presumably picking the exact the exact opposite of what we said because we're so, in yep. no way sages at all. So like. bet so bet on Chunju, the police, uh, Gyeongnam, Buchan and Eland. That's that's the, that, that's where the smart money goes. And now the classics back on this weekend. Penultimate round. At the bottom, we've got three games which are becoming more and more irrelevant each week. Yep, they're yeah. I mean, they're ridiculously pointless. Yeah, uh, Dejan are definitely relegated. Busan are definitely in the playoff. Uh, Guangzhou, Jeonnam, Ilsan, and Incheon definitely don't care. Uh, uh, Dejan are 99% relegated. They do have the tiniest bit of hope. They have to overturn a 13-goal difference. It's not going to happen. That's why they haven't scored thirteen goals all season. That's why it's no. <laughs> probably right there. Um, so yeah, you've got to look at it and say the relegation group really is kind of boring this year. Like last year, I went all the way to the final game. I think you had four teams. You had Sangju, Pusan, Gyeongnam, and Songnam that were all fighting uh, for the playoff spot. And for relegation, I mean, I, I went to the final day when Songnam hosted Gyeongnam and beat them one 0 um, on the final day, like, go by Kwak Sung on the final day to like give Songnam the three points and save them from being relegated. So I think definitely that like, last year was a bit more exciting than than this year. It's been over from kind of over like from the beginning of the group. I, I guess given the 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 gap that Tejan were facing they did well to bring it this far yeah I mean they, they did win a couple of games and they brought it back they, they beat Pusan and they brought them back to the, within thinking okay it's not quite mathematically over until the, the last game um, but I mean they've been they've been a woeful addition to the, to the league this year yeah and you've got to imagine I mean as we discussed if, if Daegu come up you've got to hope that, that, that the Daegu are not as poor as Tejan have been they got to keep the. They got to keep Jonathan. Uh, they got to keep Jonathan, right? To have any hope of doing yep. well. Yeah, I think so, definitely. But anyway, let's go on to the actual fixtures. Who are Tejon playing this week? Uh, they're at home to Incheon. Uh, you got to imagine. In a way, victory. In front of a low crowd. Probably a bit more people, more 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 flies in the stadium than people. Probably more people listen to this podcast than that game. Well, your mum's here, so I don't know about that. <laughs> Second game. Uh, Guangzhou at home to Osan. Probably the biggest disappointment of the season. Osan still not above Incheon. That's pretty incredible. How can how can Osan finish eighth in this league? And then the last game in this relegation group. Pusan uh, Jonam. Another disappointing season for for uh, Jonam. I mean, it looked as if it was going to be pretty good at the start again. They've just got to figure out how to go another five matches 
beyond. I mean, this year they were, what, one match away from yep. being in the top group, so... I mean, they, they came close again. They came close, they came close last season as well. Um, but we did see in the news this week that they've got a contract extension for Stevo. Okay, yeah. And they've got Orsic. We talked about Orsic being signed by an unnamed Asian team as previously he's been on loan at Chunnam. And yeah. It seems that he's actually signed a full-time contract with Chunnam now, so he should be there next year. So you've got to fancy them to do a bit better if they can get one more decent decent signing yep. to match up with those two. I mean, Orsic has been a great player this season for them, and it's great to see him, him stay in the, in the K-League as well, I think, definitely. So I guess that brings us on to the Promotion League. Paul, are you going to go down to Jeju, you think? Uh, I've not looked at flights yet, so if there's some kind of cheapy deal, then I might might consider it, but otherwise I'm quite happy just to stay here and watch it on TV. I guess if you stay and watch it on TV, I guess maybe uh, if you're looking for for some company, just give me a shout. Yeah, if all the female groupies we have on this podcast are unavailable, I will give you a shout. Cool. So uh, there's three games, obviously, two on Saturday, one on Sunday. Um, first one up on Saturday is John Book versus Songnan. Uh, I mean, uh, my uh, when the fixtures were drawn, I had thought about going down to this one. I thought about going to the, the Pohang one as well last week. Uh, I haven't been to any of those two stadiums. And I really did think about going to the John Book game. But Songnam have been since they since they split they've been terrible. Uh, like two draws, one defeat. That last minute defeat to Seoul, and then a really like just spineless draw with Suwon, and then the draw with Pohang in the last round. So yeah, I'm not very good at this one. And to be honest, it's their, they have one last chance of. Um, of claiming a top six, eh, sorry, of claiming a, an ACL spot. They have to beat John Book, hope Suwon lose the next two games, while Sonam beat John Book away and beat Jeju at home. And if they do that, they'll finish uh, a point above uh, Suwon. I could see Suwon losing both games, but I can't see Sonam winning. Yep. I mean, Sonam's chance was to beat Suwon. When they had them at, at Tanchon. That was that was the six point that yeah, they got one point game. out of. Yeah, yeah, it was a huge game. And when you when you consider the fact that, that Suwon technically won that game when that, cause that ball was over over the line as well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was a love saying. But uh, I mean they could beat John Book. I mean John Book have nothing to play for. Um but I just can't see it. Can't see it. So for me, yeah, that's gonna be a home win. The last time it was an embarrassing defeat. Mm. Uh, John Book like, destroyed them first half. Sonam came back in the second half, but I mean John Book always looked like being able to score any time he wanted. That was also uh, Magpie Gate as well. Yeah. It was quite weird to think that that was the first game of the season. Yeah. Uh, as you maybe remember from those who listen to the podcast. Actually, what was Magpie Gate? Do you remember? I don't, know. You don't, okay. Uh, Magpie Gate was when the Songnam fans arrived at Jeonju World Cup Stadium to find a, a beheaded uh, magpie lying at the, at the away end. Did they find the beheaded magpie or just the head? They found the, the beheaded magpie, I think. Ah, okay. 
Um, and so yeah, it was like pretty disgusting to be honest. Uh, that game finished. I th- I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it was two 0 or two one, but I'm, I confuse that a little bit with the John Buxall game. Um, so but presumably this will be the the opening match of next year. Will be Seoul away at Chonju, right? So uh, cup winners against champions. Yeah, is usually how it works. Uh, so yeah, my money's on a John Book victory and Seoul. I'm not to be in the ACL. Second game, Jeju Seoul. So, I mean, we could technically get the bus into Jonju. Or I could drive you. Uh, second game, Jeju versus Seoul. Um, Jeju got their first ever win against Seoul two months ago when we went down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it remains to see whether that's the monkey off their backs and they can sort of win more frequently now or whether we'll be back to the normal service resumed which will be a high scoring draw because matches between Seoul and Cheju tend to be high scoring draws um, Seoul still well they're, they're in the ACL so the pressure's off I guess but you'd have to hope that the players still want to finish above Suwon we still still got the, the chance of finishing second so mm-hmm. I'm hope, hoping that will inspire them to go for a victory it be interesting to see whether Adriano is straight back in the team, whether Unite ma- maintains his place or whether he gets dropped or whether Unilock, who's not scored a goal in how many games in back, gets dropped instead. Which we discussed on last week's podcast, yeah. Yeah. Um, have to wait for Saturday 4pm to find out, I guess. Or 3pm when the team sheets are announced. Uh, should we drive down there? Le- leave on Friday, drive to Incheon, put the car on the ferry? <laughs> we could do it, yeah. Yeah, could do. You've been you've been threatening to drive all season. Um, all you've been doing is driving me crazy on the podcast. I'll drive you to Pohang next week. Look at the bus point. Oh, you've been done early, aren't you? I'm in two minds about it. We'll, 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 I want to see the result of this match before I decide what and how I'm going to do it. But yeah. Okay. So last game in the the classic this week. The Suwon Shitwings against Puang Steelers. We guess our newfound friend from from Jongno will be will be in attendance at that game. Oh, yeah, yeah probably. Um, I was actually at the, the the corresponding fixture, which was the first game of the season, the Kit Kat, uh, the infamous Kit Kat match, yeah. where Puang absolutely destroyed Suwon uh, in that game. Um, I, I think they'll beat them again. I think Suwon are a poor team. They haven't looked good all season. They were terrible in the super match. They were terrible against Songram. Uh, they've been poor most games I've seen on this season. How on earth they're still sitting like um, third in the league? I've no idea. I, I guess Chong Tse scored goals at, at, at important times. Um, I think. Suwon are a team in, in, in free fall, like, yeah. since they've lost Samsung's money. Um, it'll be interesting to see how far they fall next season, like, whether they regroup and bring in some players. But yeah, for this one, my money's going to be on Pohang winning. And I think Pohang will secure second spot. You think so? Yep. For me, the ideal scenario would be results which mean that Pohang, Suwon, Seoul and Songnam all have something to play for next weekend. Yeah. 
we should presumably be Puang draw, Suwon draw, Seoul win, Songnam win. No, be Puang win, Songnam win, Seoul win. Suwon lose. Yes, because otherwise, if Suwon draw, Songnam can't win. So yeah, there okay. would be three away. So so basically, like three away victories over the not weekend. Not going to happen, is it? That's not going to happen. The the three away would mean the last game of the season was worth watching. Anything other than that, and it's all decided. So if I, if I want to get you along to if I want to get you along to Pohang next week, that means some of them have to not be in contention. Yeah, doing so anything. some of them have to draw or lose. Yeah, otherwise I'll be at Jeju. I'll be at Tanjong for Jeju. I think it'd be nice to see Puang and Seoul fighting for second in the last match of the season. That's, yeah. that's going to be the only match that makes any sense. Yeah. It? And obviously I'd like to see Songnam get in ahead of Suwon. So that's the classic previewed. Some potentially interesting matchups here for the penultimate game of the season. Uh, I guess all that remains is to have a nice bit of music to play us out. Yep. Uh, and Paul... What have you got for us? Your, your, your outros have been fantastic recently. What have you got for us today?